And now, today's personal God story. This is my story. I was born in Deadmanski, Long Island, the fifth of eight children. And like most island folk, we all attended church regularly. As a child, you went whether you wanted to go or not. I was born and raised in the Anglican faith and was active as an altar boy, serving in many of the other churches within the parish. In 1977, fresh out of high school, I moved to Nassau in search of employment. City life and all it had to offer stared me straight in the face. This was my first taste of freedom. No longer under my parents' supervision, I quickly learned that the small island community I had left and the city slickers here are totally opposite. And except for a few bright spots, life was a struggle. The next several years, I would describe as unproductive, even though I was gainfully employed and attended church occasionally. I had, become, I had begun to embrace city life with all its attractions. The nightlife, the girlfriends, and living in the fast lane for a while all seemed very exciting. As a carefree and free-spirited teenager, these weekend experiences became the norm. And even though I went to church and sang in the choir, deep down I felt unfulfilled and empty and at times lonely. Many times in the midst of all the frolic and laughter, there was a pervasive hollowness and a fear that led me to question the meaning to life and whether or not this was the sum total of life. During this time, I had met a young woman who I dated for several years, hoping to find fulfillment in a meaningful relationship and hoping that it would fill the void I felt in my heart. In my disappointment, however, I discovered that she was not the solution to my problem. The problem, plain and simple, was sin. This was a very emotional time for me, and so out of despair, I decided that I will never get married. I later realized that God had other plans for my life. A few months later, I watched a Billy Graham telecast and wrote to request a decision magazine. A few weeks later, along with the magazine, I received a letter advertising a movie that was coming to the Sunshine Twin Theater and was seeking volunteer counselors. Assuming that I was a born-again believer, the letter requested my assistance at the movie as a counselor for anyone wishing to respond to the gospel message. Should I agree to assist, the request was to call the number listed for further details. I called the number, identified myself, and gave a verbal agreement to assist and was given the name of the contact person and the schedule. I was never asked about my church affiliation or whether or not I was a believer. On the night of the showing, I arrived at the theater as promised and asked for the contact person. I was welcomed, introduced to the rest of the group as a volunteer counselor, and presented with a badge that read, Billy Graham Counselor. We were given final instructions for the invitation which would come at the end of the movie, and told that when that time came, to move to the front of the stage to greet anyone who came forward. When the invitation was given, many people came forward, and even though I was on the far end, it felt like the majority of the people came to me. 
Some came forward just for prayer and some for salvation. The thing is, I didn't know how to pray. So I said the only prayer I knew at that time, which was the Our Father prayer. I prayed the Our Father prayer for those who came forward requesting prayer. And after they left, I opened the gospel tract for the first time and read to them the steps to peace with God to those who came for salvation. Steps I had yet to take and a peace I still yearn for. I invited anyone who wanted to trust Christ for salvation to pray the sinner's prayer at the back of the tract. The amazing thing is, all of them prayed to trust Christ for salvation. And just before they left, I again said the Our Father prayer with them. The following night, which was Saturday night, and armed with another handful of gospel tracts, the same thing happened. More people came forward, and even though I was a little more familiar with the words in the tract, I still lacked the peace they described and still needed to take the steps that led to peace with God. On the third night, I felt compelled to sit away from the rest of the group, which I did, and listened intently to the message. I sensed that something was happening and began to feel uneasy. At one point in the message, Dr. Graham pointed his finger and it appeared like a 3D image on the screen. His finger seemed like an inch from my face. He said emphatically, God loves you and died for you and you are rejecting him but you will never have peace until you say yes to him. When the altar call was given, I went through the same experience again, but this time I felt a guilt I cannot describe because here I was still attempting to share something so important I didn't have myself. When I arrived home, I went immediately to my room to prepare for bed and knelt down to say that one famous prayer I knew. At the end, when I tried to get up, I literally could not move. I knelt in the dark for a while in silence, uncertain of what was happening. And then I thought that God was dealing with me and this was now my time to take the steps I was leading others to take. As I knelt, I tried to remember the words of the prayer in the tract and as best I could recall, I asked God to forgive me, save me and take control of my life. For the first time, I truly felt peace. The void and the emptiness in my heart was finally filled and the guilt that had plagued me constantly was gone. I rejoiced that night at my, that my burden was lifted and my guilt was gone. Hallelujah. The date that began my transformation was just before midnight on Sunday, February the 9th, 1986. The following night when I arrived at the theater, I had the wonderful privilege of sharing my experience with the group and to say they were shocked was an understatement. We all gathered after the movie for a time of celebration. Life for me took on a whole new meaning. I had a zeal and a passion to share my conversion experience, but I must admit it felt awkward at first because I was still a practicing Anglican. For some people, the thought that I was a Christian had to sink in. Not long after my conversion, I met Pastor Fred Arnett. I enrolled in a Christian Life and Witness course and later joined the local Billy Graham ministry. The Lord had completely changed my heart, so in November of 1986, I married the woman of my dreams, who is now my best friend. I was advised not to marry her at the time, but marrying her turned out to be the best decision after salvation. In 1988, we were both baptized and became members of Calvary Bible Church. 
32 years later, by God's amazing grace, I still love Jesus and his people and have embraced the verse found in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. By this, all men will know you, my disciples, if you have love one for another. 32 years later, I stand before you grateful and thankful for God's unconditional love and for God's faithfulness. I don't know here who here this morning who may not have yet placed faith in Christ or trusted him for salvation. But I want to take you back 32 years, carefree, young man. I live for the weekend. No regard for God. Not interested in him or his people, even though I attended church. That was what is expected of me. But today I can tell you, God loves you. God is faithful. If you trust him, he will demonstrate his faithfulness to you. So I pray that some way what was shared this morning would be an encouragement to you. Don't put off what you know you need to do. Jesus said, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked man forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him turn to God who will freely and abundantly pardon him. God bless you.